Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode. I wanna take a second and celebrate the fact that you hit that play button and made a decision to invest in yourself. I'm gonna be teaching you about identity. And you know, I've worked with ministers that know the whole Bible but don't know who they are. I've worked with entrepreneurs and they can give me six months of profit and loss statements, every single number, but can't tell me who they are. You know, God's got a word for you today and I want you to buckle in and I want you to take notes and I have a very special message for you at the end. Take a listen. Hey, V1 Church, this is Pastor Mike Signorelli, and I want to welcome you to church. No, this is not an online service. This is actually a community of people. We are alive. We're living stones that have come together to make a real, straight-up church. So I want to welcome you to church right now. And you know what I want you to do? If you're in the comments right now and you are a V1 Church owner, we don't have members. Members have rights. They wear white gloves and they examine things, <laughs> but, but owners, they have responsibilities. They're saying, I'm not gonna leave this up to Pastor Mike alone. We're gonna drive this church into the next season. If you are a V1 church owner, let me see you get real loud in the comments right now. Let me get a raised hand emoji so I can see everybody representing right now. Come on. Come on. And listen, if you're visiting and this is your very first time or second time or third time, I want to welcome you to our virtual digital home. But I'm just going to warn you, the people of this church are so loving. They're probably going to be all over you in the comments. They're probably going to find you, stalk you, DM you, message you, get you into a connect group, and then make you believe that they are your best friend in the next 23 hours because that's how we love around here. Can I get an amen? Can I get some heart emojis showing everybody like a little heart offering is it <laughs> okay let's not get weird <laughs> but anyways I missed you all it's been a whole day since I see online <laughs> I want you to do this though as an act of rebellion against demonic infrastructures and yes I just went ahead and said it and I don't care who's intimidated by it we're getting biblical today you should share this and why do I say that's a rebellion against a demonic infrastructure? Because the Bible says that fear is a spirit. It doesn't say that fear is a biological, chemical response on its own. What it actually says is that I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So there are people who've been wanting to share these broadcasts, but fear tells them, don't do it. Don't do it. Your family's going to think you're one of those people. You're one of those Christian people. You're the one of those Jesus people. Well, you know what? I'm I'm getting loud and proud about who my dad is, who my savior is. I am a Jesus freak. I am a Jesus person with a whole bunch of Jesus people. And I wish somebody in the most rebellious way they can do it, hit that share button like crazy right now, share this into your friends and family's timelines and let them know that we're not just going to church online. We are the church. And this is their invitation to be the church too. Every week we get testimonies from people who who are saying like, I didn't even intend on going to church, but V1 Church showed up in my timeline and I watched it, my life was forever changed. As a matter of fact, let me know where you're watching from right now because our family is expanding. This has been one of the most exciting seasons in addition to being one of the hardest seasons. You know why? 
because I've got people from London watching right now. I've got people from Zambia watching right now. I've got people from Australia watching. Come on. People from all around the world are tuning in because they are hungry for a word from another world. And I want to welcome you to our spiritual family, not just a digital family. So, hey, thank you for sharing. Thank you for representing today. Thank you for loving on each other in the comments. Let's jump into the Bible. Now, I'm just going to tell you, this is the grand finale of this series, Jesus People. And I want you to stick around because we're going to be talking about identity. And I'm going to give you the three things that make up your identity. Then I'm going to end this thing on some poetry that I wrote because God kind of gave me some prophetic vision for us as a people, as a movement in the earth right now. And I cannot wait to get to the end of this message. So just stay locked in for the next several minutes, okay? Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 12, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Yes, we are looking at the origin story of Lucifer, but that's not where we're going to start. I want to tell you a story about a man named Benjamin Kyle. Benjamin Kyle was the alias name that was given to a guy who was found severely bruised, beaten, battered, and completely disoriented behind a random Burger King in Richmond Hill, Georgia in 2004. And why do I say alias? Because this guy had no idea who he was by the time he regained consciousness. He had been so badly beaten that it, it caused an amnesia. And this is where it gets really crazy. Nobody could figure out who this guy was. So not only did he not know who he was, he regained consciousness. He's badly beaten behind this random Burger King, but then he has no identification on him, no wallet, no, no driver's license, and he has no idea who he is. That continues. This is in 2004, all the way to 2015. They finally, through genetic testing, figure out who this guy really was, but then there's still 20 years of unaccounted for life. Isn't that tragic to think about the story of Benjamin Kyle? I mean, he completely lost his identity. And then even when they found it, there was still so much more missing. Well, here's the reality. I have known many people in my life who they know their driver's license, but they don't know their identity. Come on, you know I'm getting ready to preach. You all know, you better just turn the television up now, turn your iPad all the way up because it's time to, to preach today during church, but I, I have ministered with pastors, hear me, that they know the Bible, but they don't know who they are. I, I'm telling you, y'all, I have, I have been in business meetings with high-level entrepreneurs that can tell me their entire six months profit and loss, number for number, dollar for dollar, but they can't tell me who they are. So if you're watching this right now, there's a high likelihood that you need a good sermon on identity. You need to know who you really are because you can know a lot of things in life and you can have your passport and that'll give you access to countries, but you don't know who you really are and you don't really know what you should be doing with your life. As a matter of fact, Oscar Wilde said it like this, most people are other people. Their thoughts are someone else's opinions, their lives a mimicry, their passions a quotation. Ooh, that hurt, that hurt, but it's true. So much of our life is a mimicry of someone else's life. And, and even he said this, your passion could even be someone else's quotation. Maybe it's not even something you're really passionate about, 
out, but you borrowed that passion from them. William Shakespeare famously said, we know what we are, but not what we may be. Right now, you're faced with all kinds of uncertainty in your life. I mean, you're furloughed, working from home, unemployed, homeschooling your kids. I mean, shouldn't there be like an, an additional stimulus check just to pay you for being your kid's teacher now? I mean, come on, somebody. <laughs> I know I got a whole bunch of fireball emojis in the comments for that one, but the, the reality is we may even have some sense of who we are, some sense of our identity, but not know what we may be. And then Ralph Ellison, actually one of the great uh, African-American writers and authors and poets, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ralph Ellison, he says, when I discover who I am, I'll be free. What a profound statement. When I discover who I am, then I'll be free. The Bible actually says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth what? Come on, finish my sentence, will set you free. The truth about what? The truth about who you are. The truth about your identity. Do you really know who you are? Have you lost your identity in this season? Do you feel like you never really had an idea? Come on, somebody right now is realizing that this is so much more than a broadcast. This is a divine appointment. This is an encounter with God. Come on, this is so vital that you get this. Now, for those of you who are taking notes, I want you to write this down. Your identity is three things. Three things. Number one, your identity is the story that you are told. The story that you're told. Number two, it's the story that you then tell yourself. And number three, your identity is ultimately the story that you believe. So number one, it's the story that you're told. You know, growing up, I had my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. And my mom's side of the family said, hey, we are not hillbillies, we're mountaineers. There's a difference. And I was taught things like that. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But we, I mean, we had like, listen, growing up, it was all about collard greens. It was all about, you know, we actually made cornbread in the cast iron skillet. Some of you don't know about the power of God that's released when you've had some good cornbread. You know, we ate cat fish. You know what I'm saying? It was like, this was West Virginia. You know, we were John Denver fans, <laughs> but that was, I grew up hearing all of these stories about who we are as a people. This is the lineage that you inherited. You can, you know, a couple generations back, there was Native American in our family. And, you know, you heard all the stories and that sort of forms your identity. And then on my dad's side of the family, I'd go over to my grandma, my nana's house, and she would say, we're Italian. And they would teach me Italian. Italian words and, and man, I'll tell you, I would eat some really good Italian food and they would tell stories about, you know, different things that would transpire in my family and form my identity. This, this, this story, this narrative about who you are told. Many of you grew up hearing the stories about where your family came from and what they eat and what they like. Number two is the story that you tell yourself. You know, eventually you start to tell yourself a story about who you are and that becomes your identity. And, and, you know, you, I'll tell you, it starts very early. 
As a matter of fact, even in elementary school, in your primary school age uh, existence, you're, you're sitting there and you're looking around class and you're comparing yourself and you've already made decisions about, am I a smart kid or am I not so smart? Am I a good kid or a bad kid? Am I the kind of kid who talks to the girls or not? Am I the kind of girl that talks to the guys or not? Like you're at a very early age, we start telling ourselves a story about who we are, what we can accomplish, what we can do with our life, how far we can go. It's determined so early on. And then that leads to number three. Ultimately, there's this story that we believe. And that story that we believe becomes our inner voice that declares from the inside who we are, what we can do and what our life can be. And it's so deep that even when God sends a fiery preacher that says, this is who Jesus says you are, you hear the song being sung, I am who you say I am. And you see everyone crying out around you. You're like, God, I don't believe who you say I am because the voice inside of me is so much louder than the voices around me. And God put all these encouraging people in my life and a great church family, but the voice inside of me, this brokenness is so much louder than the voices around me. And you can be in a situation where God's even put the right people in your path, but you won't believe it because you believe what you believe about you. So today we're talking about identity, and I wanted to look at the story, the origin story of Lucifer himself, because see, Lucifer is a created being, the God of the universe, the God, come on, you know him, Jesus, the, you know, the Holy Spirit, the God, the Father, you know who I'm talking about. So God creates Lucifer, this, this created being. So as a created being, Lucifer doesn't have the ability to create anything. What he does is he emulates what God has already made. So to see the origin stories of Lucifer, and you see one of them in Isaiah chapter 14, will give you an insight into how he's operating in your life right now, in this year, in this time, during this season. So let me read to you, for those of you who are like, man, I cannot believe we're learning this in church. Let's dive in right now. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? The original translation, it's more accurately, not just son of the morning, but bright and shining star, like a, a luminous being. How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will, pick up on this language, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will like the most high. I will be like the most high. You have five I will statements of Lucifer in his origin story in the book of Isaiah. And then verse 15 says this, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Whoa. Let's take a, like, let's take a break. Let's take a step back for a second. So Lucifer 
is this created being. He's an archangel, which means that in the division of angels, he was actually put up at the top, right? He's this luminous being. And then he, he begins to make these I will statements. See, first, number one is the story that you're told about your identity. God told Lucifer, you are an archangel. This is your, this is your role and responsibility. This is your existence. I created you. I gave you identity. I'm giving you purpose. Then all of a sudden there's the story that Lucifer begins to tell himself. And this is where it gets dangerous. Pride begins to rise up. And all of a sudden he starts, number three, to ultimately believe the story. And you see direct quotations five times. He starts saying, I will, I will, I will. I will do this. And the final statement is, I will be like God. And in that he's cast down, verse 15, to literally hell. Now, why do I say that? Why would I, some of you are like, have your hands over your kids' ears right now. You're like, pastor, this is a family service. What are you doing? Satan is still offering counterfeit identity by giving I will affirmations to people. Woo! I don't know who that's for, but it's going to help you once you receive this word. Satan is still doling out I will affirmations to people. And we get so I will do this, I will do that, I will do this. The problem is you will eventually get to the place, come on, I'm about ready to preach right now, where you will realize that you reach the end of your own potential. You reach the end of your own strength. You reach the end of your own ability. Some of you are experiencing that right that right now and I'm, there's all right now we are in an environment of fear we are surrounded by all of this fear and people are looking for a power source they're looking for something to hold on to so hear me if right now in the midst of all this fear you're reaching out and you're trying to find your identity and what your life's going to add up to and what your life is going to mean you will be offered a demonic counterfeit to what God has for your life and you know what it'll sound like somebody offering you up these very powerful I will statements about what you'll do. But beware, beware the very definition of a demonic counterfeit of identity is whenever you seek power separated from relationship with Jesus Christ. It's that simple. If someone offers you something, hey, do this in the midst of your fear, things will be better. But that thing they're drawing you in to do separates you from intimacy with God through Jesus Christ. You have received something that is probably demonic in its origin. Lucifer himself fell from heaven. You know, the first sin that's ever recorded, it's not necessarily a sin on earth. It was a sin that happened in the perfect environment of heaven where Lucifer rose up in pride, made I will statements and was brought down. And actually the Bible gives another account, watch this, that over one third of the angels were able to, to have this whisper in their ear by Lucifer and the word begin to spread. Hey, the story that God told us about us as angels. Come on, there's even angelic hosts listening to this right now saying, yep, I was there, mm-hmm, I was there. 
The story began, and this is not in the Bible, this is just my own personal opinion. The story started to spread. Hey, what if what God said about us wasn't true? What if what Lucifer's saying is true? What if what Lucifer says is right? Maybe we're not appreciated, not valued. Maybe this isn't all it. And in the perfect environment of heaven, Lucifer was able to convince one third of the angels to go with him. So right now on the earth, if you feel like, I don't know what my true identity is. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I should be doing with my life. I'm, t- I'm here to tell you, I'm here to serve notice. The enemy is still handing out counterfeit courage. Ooh, come on. If that was for somebody, can you just throw me some comments? Let me know right now how this message is helping. I want to hear, I want you to come on, preach back to me right now. There is still a counterfeit courage, a counterfeit boldness a counterfeit provision, and it's still being offered. But I got some good news for you, and I waited the whole sermon to tell you. There is another story being told. See, because because true identity is always given by true fathers, and the great father, the father of heaven, come on, the father that has redeemed you through the cross is still crying out through a cell phone, come on, through through a tablet, through a Chromebook, through an Apple device streaming to a television right now, your heaven. Father, your dad and his relentless love for you has chased you down through every timeline and through every algorithm to tell you who you really are today. As a matter of fact, when you read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, see Ephesians is like the warfare manual. Ephesians is how we are taught how to go into spiritual war. And see, there is this, this movement of people that was rising up in the earth called the early church. And as this movement was rising up, they were telling telling the story of how Jesus had laid his life down and three days later came up out of the grave. And as they were celebrating Easter every single day, news began to spread and signs of miracles and wonders were happening all around them. And in Ephesians chapter two, this warfare manual where it's like, hey, we have now been given the power to fight Lucifer. We've now been given the power to actually, we have weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold. Somebody shout me down in your home. Turn this thing all the way up. We're about to slam this thing home. Come on. And all of a sudden, Ephesians chapter two, it says, now therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but you are citizens with the saints, come on, and the household of God. That is an identity breathing scripture. Now let's talk about what it means to be a citizen. See, Lucifer tried to make his own identity. Man, there's so much revelation right here. Lucifer tried to make his own identity and got kicked out of the household of God. See, the Bible actually says when you lose your life, that's when you find it. In other words, when you lower yourself, when you humble yourself, when you when you get down low, then you ascend. The Lord lifts you up. See, Lucifer tried to lift himself up and got cast down. And there's so many of you that are so weakened from your attempts to lift yourself up, lift up your career, lift up your social media presence. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. Your feeble attempt to to lift yourself up, but that looks more like Lucifer than it looks like the Lord. See, but what happens is when you say, I decrease God so that you can increase, I'm getting down low. I'm going to humble myself. Then the Lord says, I'm going to raise you up with my mighty hand. I'm going to do with your life and your ministry and your gifting and your business that which you could never do in your own power. 
power. See, it's when you lower yourself that the Lord lifts you up. Man, I know I'm preaching to somebody right now. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says, you're living like a foreigner. There's stimulus checks being given out to U.S. citizens, but you can't get a check unless you're a citizen. See, the thing is, we understand that. We understand that we have benefits as citizens, but when you get invited into the house of God, all of a sudden, there is a stimulus that's being doled out. There is provision that's being doled out, and you You have access because you are a citizen of the saints. You're just like Paul, just like Peter, just like Barnabas from Acts chapter 11. You're just like one of these. You come becoming grafted in and you have the same access they have. You have the same identity as a son or a daughter they have. And some of us live like we're we're tiptoeing around and we're saying, oh man, can I go in the cupboard? I'm hungry. And the Lord's saying, you own that cupboard because you're my son or daughter. Open it boldly and receive all of what I have for you. Come on. This is such a powerful word for somebody today. Yeah, I mean, see, here's the thing. Identity. There is, there's this lie in our culture that says, oh, you got to be a self-made man. Listen, that is, that is the doctrine of demons. There is no such thing as a self-made man. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said, I don't do my own will. I do the will of my father. I am not a self-made man. I was made by the man and he tells me who I really am. Come on. And this is freeing. This is liberating. You are a child of the God of the God of the universe and have full access to everything that that is his. And Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 is declaring it over you today. I got so many messages last week from people saying, "I feel released into my call. I feel released into the next season of my life. I feel so in courage. And I feel like right now the Holy Spirit's got a battering ram on the doors of your heart. And he's trying to break in and say, you are going through this into the next season. No backing down, no stopping you. Come on. Now I want to end with this. This series, Jesus People, has been about this prophetic word that's been on my life for years. I have felt that I was going to be a part of a collective, massive move of God in the kingdom. And I didn't know when, but I knew I was going to be a part of it. Now, let me just tell you this. Through the live at lunch, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern Standard Time, coming out of Queens, New York City, come on, and through our V1 Church services every Sunday, we have collectively reached no less than a quarter of a million people around the world weekly, weekly. And if you have ever been in on one of the one of these services before or one of the live at lunch Bible studies, you will see literally dozens upon dozens of comments of people saying things like, forgive me, I forgive these people, I forgive that person by name. Lord, save this loved one. I was telling our intercessory prayer team, I said, if all of this happened in one room, we would be telling in the world revival has started. So why will it be any different if it's digital? So I just want to go ahead and declare it as I end this series. We are the Jesus people. This is the movement. It is being televised. Come on, it is on every screen and every tablet and it's not stopping anytime soon. You're alive to be a part of one of the greatest harvests to ever happen and I'm screaming from this Queen's headquarters right now because I got to be a part of it. 
bit. And I wrote something that I want to read to you because I have vision for us. And, I, and, I, and listen, you get to be one of these citizens of the saints. You get to be the modern day Paul and the modern day apostle, the modern day preacher and evangelist and missionary. And you get to, you get to be a participant in, in something that really feels like it could almost be canonized. It's that, it's that relevant to how good the, the Lord is. And, and I want to declare right now a vision of what I saw in the story. Because see, identity is the stories that are told and it's the stories we believe. And the Holy Spirit gives us the ability in the inside. See, I told you about a voice earlier in this sermon that's on the inside of you. And sometimes your own voice can be louder than the voices around you. And and even when God's trying to encourage, but see, God had a better plan. God actually said, my spirit will come and dwell inside of you. And then greater he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, it will be my spirit inside of you groaning and travailing and screaming out, Abba, Father, I am home. And so many of you have felt isolated and lonely and orphaned and abandoned and something inside of you every single day all around the world I hear just crying out, Father, I'm home, I'm home. And I see another story rising up as, as, as literally there's an impartation of supernatural identity because the Heavenly Father is now giving us our true identity. Here's what I see. And this is the story that's going to be told about us years and years from now if the Lord tarries and doesn't come back. These are the words that are going to be said of this movement, of this generation, of this time, of this Jesus people. Here's the story. There was a people who were so secure in the provision of God that they gave generously and provided thousands of meals to those around them. They adopted an elderly home and provided everyone with masks. When they couldn't meet together physically, they formed connect groups and expanded nationally and crossed international boundaries with internet connections. They counseled and encouraged each other with scriptures. They prayed for each other and they carried each other's burdens. They were a peculiar people. These Jesus people had healthcare workers who prayed for supernatural healings as they touched each life. These Jesus people were police officers that canvassed community blocks with intercessory prayer. These Jesus people were stay-at-home moms who didn't just create a home. They built a sanctuary unto the Lord where prayer and supplication was just as normal as toast and butter for their kids. These Jesus people, they grew in love. They grew in stature. They grew in faith. They grew in wisdom and knowledge during a pandemic. Despite a pandemic, these were the Jesus people. Come on. I want you to pray right now if you want to come into your father's house, if you want to be a citizen of the saints, if you want to receive all that you have access to as he gives you your new identity. Repeat these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive your son, Jesus. I receive forgiveness for my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. Give me the identity I'll only find in you, in Jesus' name, all around the world, lift up and amen. Come on. Hey, thanks so much for listening all the way through. I believe that something happens 
when you say, God, I want your opinion about my identity. You know, don't do life alone. We have so many things through this pandemic to help you build real community, and our community has been growing all around the world. So if you haven't already, follow our pages, V1 Church. You can search it on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. You go ahead and follow me, Mike Signorelli, where I'm going live every day at noon Eastern Standard Time, and I'll see you guys next time I go live and next Sunday. 